Section 8 of One by Crime. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. One by Crime by Frank Pinkerton. Chapter 4, Part 2. Miriam waited with growing impatience until the men returned, and was relieved when she heard that the captain was not only there, but would see her. With wildly beating heart the girl followed her conductor to a large, darkly furnished room, where by a table scattered with papers sat a tall bronzed seaman. "'I believe you are leaving India to-morrow. Would you mind telling me where you are going?' "'To Africa,' a look of surprise crossing his face. "'Are you going to take passengers?' "'That was not my intention.' "'But if anyone asked you, would you refuse?' "'I don't know. I did not want anyone on board,' Maurice answered uneasily. "'If you knew it would do someone a great service, I am rich and would pay you well, so do not hesitate on that account. Is it you who wish to go?' Miriam blushed and bit her lip angrily. She had not intended to betray her secret so soon. "'Yes, it is I and two other people. Will you take us and set us down on one of those small islands on the coast, where no one would find us?' Maurice hesitated, but he could not withstand the eager pleading in the slumberous eyes, the intense pathos in the sweet voice. "'Yes,' he said at last, very slowly, "'I will take you on board, but you must be ready by to-morrow night. I cannot wait for stragglers,' trying to force much severity into his tones. "'Oh, thank you. I am content now. Do not fear. We shall be in time. Until then, adieu,' she said softly. And with a graceful bow she departed." Her next step was in the direction where Feeney was confined. She found no difficulty in finding the jailer, a hard-looking man enough, though Miriam thought she could see a gentle expression in his eyes when they rested on two young children, whose pale, wasted features gave evidence of close confinement in that dreary place. "'I may win him yet by those little ones,' she murmured. "'Gold will have power to touch his heart for their sakes.' "'You wish to see me, Signora?' "'Yes.' I want you to answer a few questions. First, have you not got Fini the Jew and Denise Sampaio here? Yes, Signora. Are they together? No, Signora. Could it be possible for you to set them free without fear of detection? Eagerly. Yes, Signora, but I am not a traitor. But think, Vincent, my poor grandfather has done no harm, and he will perish in that horrible place, though innocent. And the Signor Sampaio, as I have proof, brought the poniard himself from my grandfather. "'Why, then, should you say he stole it?' indignantly. "'It is not I who accuse him. My duty here is to guard the prisoners, not to try them.' "'Vincent,' Miriam continued, in a low, pleading voice, "'you are poor. Your little children are pining for want of fresh, pure air. I am rich, and can give you enough money to live in comfort away from this close den. Release my friends, and the power of saving your children shall be yours. Look!' drawing one of the wondering girls to her side, see how pale and thin she is. Can you refuse my offer when the lives of those you love depend upon it? Vincent felt the truth of her words, and knew the only things he cherished on earth, those innocent children, were slowly fading and pining away for want of fresh air. The man raised his head, and glanced earnestly at the moved expressive face. Then in a low, hoarse voice he muttered, Be it so. I will help the prisoners to escape. I cannot see my little ones dying before my eyes, when an opportunity is given me to save them. Then to-morrow at sunset you will bring them to the Golden Lion. I will be there, ready with the money. I will not fail, Signora. May heaven forgive me if I am doing wrong. 
After a few instructions, the happy girl went swiftly away, but ere she had moved far, she returned and paused before Vincent. I forgot to ask you about that poor man, Jerima, she said gravely. He did not live long, Signora, after he was brought here. And his wife, children? Of them I know nothing, he answered quietly. Ere she continued her homeward way, Miriam sped swiftly toward Jerima's poor home, and knocked gently at the door. It was opened by the eldest of the three children, and forcing a purse of money into his brown hand, the girl whispered sweetly, For your mother, little one, from a friend, then moved silently away, hurrying homeward to await patiently for the long hours to pass, ere her grandfather would be released. Vincent, true to his word, gathered his few belongings together, and when the evening came, went softly to the cells in which his prisoners lay, and setting them free, told them to follow him. Wondering, yet glad, Feeney, leaning on Denise's arm for support, slowly obeyed the jailer, who, accompanied by his two children, led them toward the hotel Miriam had named. There, sure enough, the young Jewess was waiting, and after tenderly embracing Feeney, and smiling softly at Denise, she turned to Vincent and placed a bag of gold in his hand. "'This is your reward. May you and your little ones live in happiness,' she said earnestly. "'We leave Goa to-night, Signora. My life would be worth nothing if I stayed here after this.' Good-bye, and thank you for your generosity. Miriam hastened her grandfather to the ship, shocked at his feebleness, but for Sampaio he would scarcely have been able to get there. Only once he spoke to the girl, ere he retired to his cabin for the night. The money and jewels, Miriam, what have you done with them? They are here, grandfather. I brought everything of value away with me. That is right, child. You are a good girl. Miriam stood rather sadly beside the bulwarks, gazing at the land in which she had been born, and which she was now leaving forever. A low sigh broke from her lips. "'Why do you sigh? Are you sorry to quit your native land?' a voice whispered in her ear. "'Yes, though for my grandfather's sake I cannot deeply regret it,' Miriam answered, gazing at Denise with tear-dimmed eyes. "'I have not thanked you yet for having released me from that dreadful place, or even a worse doom. I am scarcely able to realize my good fortune.' What made you, a stranger, think of one whom all others had forgotten? Not at all. It was Doña Leonor who told me where you were, and asked me to help you, Miriam said, blushing beneath his tender, grateful gaze. Besides, I looked upon you as a friend, almost inaudibly. That is what I want to be, your friend. And Leonor, how is she? Well? As well as it is possible to be under the heavy trial she went through this morning. She was married to Manuel Tonza sadly. Poor girl! Poor Leonor! Hers is indeed an unhappy lot, Denise murmured pityingly. End of section 8